I'm Lester Baviera, and this is Stambike Session, a podcast where we talk about cycling and everything that revolves around it. By now, nakita mo na siguro na sobrang daming nagbabike sa Metro Manila. Our roads have bike lanes, and bike racks can be seen in different establishments and businesses. Kung di man ikaw, I'm pretty sure meron kang kaibigang nagbabike ngayong pandemic. Ako, isa ako sa mga madaming Filipinos na nagsimulang magbike ngayong community quarantine. And na-enjoy ko pa rin siya until now. Among the many benefits of cycling and yung fun na kasama niya, ang pinaka na-enjoy ko talaga ay yung mga tambike. Ito yung pupunta ka lang sa mga cafe, restaurants, okay in the middle of a bike ride, hihinto kayo ng kaibigan mo, tapos magkikwentuhan lang kayo. You can talk about bikes, favorite destinations, or kamustahan. So today, kasama ko si Anton C. Siya yung head ng Pasig Transport. Tinutulungan niya yung mga Pasigenyos to move through transport policies and programs. Madalas kong katambik si Anton. And now, we'll talk about how fun it is to bike in Metro Manila, the advocacy, and how cycling can help improve our cities. Hi, Anton. Welcome to Tambike Session. Hi, Lester. Good afternoon. It's uh, really nice to be here. Maraming salamat po to, uh, for having me on this uh, on this podcast. Anton, when did you last ride the bicycle? Oh, uh, yesterday, actually. Um, I think yesterday was actually a great day for me because in the morning, I got up early and said, you know what, I'm going to go up to Antipolo via Sumulong in the morning before going to work. So, you know, that's my first time doing it on a weekday where, you're, where you have a little time pressure. Because you need to make it back to uh, to the office to do work, even though I, it's a pandemic. It was one of those days where I had to be in the office, so uh, it was kind of exciting, actually. Uh, just you know, knowing that uh, I had to make it back in time for work, so I couldn't rest as often. But you know, luckily enough, I was able to get it done, and it's a real big boost of confidence to know that uh, uh, you can do that basically. And it just opened another way for me to exercise during the week. What time did you ride out? Well, I, I rode out a little later than I uh, had planned, actually. I got up a little uh, earlier, but I was only able to ride out by around 6.30. But I think next time, uh, for a better experience, and maybe so I'm not under so much pressure, I'd probably recommend uh, riding out uh, from uh, by around 6, maybe, if, if you live in Pasig. Then if you, you can like maybe adjust, adjust it a, a little upwards or downwards, depending on where you live. So how long did your trip go? Anong route yung ginawa mo from Pasig? Okay, um, well, basically what I did was I uh, biked through Pasig and came out Marcos Highway or Marilaki Highway through the northern tip of Pasig and Barangays uh, de la Paz, I think, is uh, at the top. And so from there, I just rode, uh, rode along the highway, then uh, turned right on Sumbulong Highway, right around the SMA Sinag, right? So uh, I don't actually recall how long it took me going up. It wasn't, that, it wasn't a very fast ride at all because, you know, yeah, you know how it is, Dito Smalano. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. um, when you're Ahon. going up Sumulong, you're really... Parang wala eh. so you're, you're not, if you try to go fast, you'll go even slower because you have to rest. So it's really a matter of getting into your lowest gear and just making sure that you don't stop moving. Even if you're slow, uh, you just have to keep moving, right? So yun yun eh. I actually don't know kung gano siya katagal um, to get up. But then on the way down, of course, it's much faster. You're basically just like rolling downhill. Uh, the hardest part that was uh, when I got back I thought I could go back Ortigas all the way, but there was too much traffic when I uh, when I got down. So I just took a detour, then went through Pasig on the way back to uh, on the way back to our house in Ortigas. 
Well, yeah, that was fun. Magandang mood booster yan for the day. Tapos yung exercise din siya at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's it's something I'd highly advise advise to anyone. I think it's a, it's nice some days to get up early and to you know go on a a bike ride. Doesn't always have to be up to Antipolo, but then you know if you like cycling, uh, it's nice to be able to pick a route that uh, you know you can do before you go to work, and then you know just like have that in your mind to do you know those days when you need a boost. Just to give you a brief background, nakilala ko si Anton dahil sa work niya sa Pasig Transport. Gumagawa kasi ako ng stories for the cycling website, First Bike Ride, tungkol sa mga developments ng bike infrastructure sa mga bawat cities. Tapos nakita ko na ang impressive ng ginagawa ng Pasig. And apparently, it was Anton. Ayun, tas from there, naging uh, connected kami through Instagram. Nagkakasama kami sa mga different bike events and... Eventually, nagtatambay kami together with other friends. Pero kasi it's really impressive kasi yung Pasig, madami na siyang nagawang bike infrastructure for the people, even before the pandemic. And I saw na merong importance na binibigay sa mga cyclist. So my question is, bakit importante yung cycling sa Pasig? You know, the thing about cycling kasi is that it's one of those things where uh, it, it's a mode of transport that I think has really been you know, not, not given due importance over the last, uh, you know, the, the last how many decades of Philippine transportation planning. Actually, um, you know, I think as long as there have been cyclists, there's always been uh, bicycle advocacy. And, you know, I don't want to discredit any of the advocates who came before, but then it's not like, I think it's one of those things where, you know, you always need a moment for for any type of advocacy. And I think, you know, I, I think, unfortunately, you know, I always wish it could have come earlier, but I think it seems that the moment where uh, the moment that cycling advocacy was waiting for was the pandemic, where uh, I think for many reasons, uh, you know, I think, number one, the fear of uh, crowding that people had uh, led people to uh, led people to bike instead of um, instead of taking uh, public transportation going to work. Uh, I think, number two, there's um, uh, there were also restrictions placed on public transportation. And I think uh, those restrictions may not uh, have been entirely good uh, looking back at them. But then I think uh, just the lack of public transportation supply uh, also uh, for, got people to take up biking just to give back their independence and give back their control over their time. I think uh, one other factor I noticed when it came to cycling was that uh, during the pandemic also, uh, another thing that pushed was that a lot of the traditional uh, sports activities like basketball uh, and gyms, you know, that was banned during the pandemic because of the fear of uh, uh, of infection in these indoor spaces. So uh, in addition to the uh, like the push uh, from bicycle commuting. There was also a push to cycling from people uh, looking for alternative forms of ex- of exercise and recreation. I think um, what's surprising to me is that, you know, I, I keep hearing of groups of uh, friends from different schools uh, saying that my barcada sila and that instead of playing basketball, since it's not allowed anymore, uh, a lot of their um, uh, people in their groups have switched to cycling. And I think that's really cool to see. Yes. So, I think um, that's uh, generally true for all of the uh, all of the Philippines, and I think in passing it became especially important to us. Where, um, like I mentioned, there were restrictions on public transport earlier in the pandemic, and uh, as uh, you know, as the head of the transport planning office in Pasig City, I think it was really a crucial moment for us to figure out how we can keep the city operations going uh, despite the fact that there's a pandemic and that there's no public transport. So, dun talaga because. Um, uh, at least, you know, I, I bike. I know how um, liberating it was for me. And uh, a, lot of, a lot of my staff bike, I'm really proud to say. So we all basically tried to, in addition to supplementing 
uh, public transport supply with the vehicles available in the city. We really tried to make a big push for biking uh, to make Pasig bike friendly, just so that all the essential workers during the pandemic uh, would be able to travel safely using a bicycle. Pero even before, ha, Pasig has been trying to become bike-friendly with the bike-sharing program, yung protected bike lanes sa Ortigas. Can cycling really help a city? Yeah, of course. I think uh, I, I think the thing about cycling in a city is that, uh, you know, I think sometimes uh, cities think they have a choice na, uh, do we want to uh, promote cycling or not? Do we want to uh, build all of this bike infrastructure or not? Or do we, want, do we want people to cycle in our city or not? And I think um, one thing you see all over the world is that even in the cities that uh, are consciously making choices against cycling, uh, there's always people trying to bike. Because when you look at uh, what cycling is, it's really a mode of private transport that's accessible to many people, uh, doesn't require a lot of uh, ongoing cost, it isn't expensive to get into. Uh, people are going to um, find ways to cycle and find ways to cycle uh, for essential purposes and recreation, whether or not your city uh, is friendly to them. So the, the choice that cities have, I mean, um, when they ask the question, uh, you know, like, I, I guess maybe when you ask the question if cycling can help cities, I think sometimes cities, sometimes cities ask that and they presuppose that, uh, you know, they have to decide whether or not cycling will help them. But I think uh, maybe it's important for cities to realize that, you know, cycling does help them. And uh, maybe the better question to ask is, do you want to help cyclists, right? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Apart from getting from point A to point B, I guess you can consider yourself as a bike commuter. Tapos nakikita ko you do some leisure riding during the weekends or after work. You really enjoy bike rides, no, Anton? I really do. Um, and I think maybe this is something where uh, it's become an evolution for me, um, so cycling in particular. I think at first, uh, when I first got into cycling, it, it was really a case at the time when I... You know, I was uh, also quite new to transport advocacy in general. I had just finished uh, studying about transportation, uh, doing some master's in the UK. So, you know, as a, you know, within, so I started really in the transport policy space, uh, not really uh, going into it as a cyclist. So, of course, I was, um, it was still new to me back then. But then I think I would say that it was only over the course of the pandemic where I really started to embrace the leisure riding side of, um, of cycling. You know, I was a bike commuter before I became. Uh, someone who, you know, I really learned to enjoy cycling and going on long rides, just going on urban rides around the city and just doing it for fun to clear my head. So that that part of it, that side of it, uh, you know, to me is a rather new experience for me where I think it was only uh, recently, it's only recently for me, I have to admit, where, you know, I go to sleep uh, thinking about, uh, <laughs> you know, where to ride my bike and, you know, getting up in the morning thinking about where to ride my bike uh, after work. So I, I, I guess you would say, um, I, yeah, I guess I'm both a commuter and a leisure rider. And, you know, it was really, you know, and I think, I guess maybe I'm only recently learning to be a leisure rider. Ako naman, I enjoy cycling because I get to meet friends and I get to get out of the house. Kasi stuck tayo nun for months, di ba? Medyo nakakabalo yun eh. Now I want to know, what do you enjoy most about cycling? I think it's the seeing places more for me. I think, um, like you said, uh, during the pandemic, um, we've, you know, a lot of people have been cooped up inside the house. Uh, you know, I think uh, some people who had plans to travel around the Philippines or go abroad, I think that's been, uh, you know, you've had many people have had to put those plans on hold because yeah. even now, if uh, flying out is, uh, you know, even though it's, uh, you know, technically kind of allowed, I think it's still out of reach for a lot of yeah. people because now you have to budget them um, so long for quarantine hotel stays. Right. You have to budget more money for um, uh, RT-PCR tests or whatever um, when you uh, depart or when you arrive. So I think for me, cycling, uh, you know, being able to see 
new places and being able to discover you know the freedom of feeling that ah, I can go there on my bike pala. Uh, I think that's really uh so that's really currently my favorite feeling of it. I also really like it for exercise. I think uh, exercise is a really important thing for me. There's some people I think whose brains work better when they're exercising and I think uh you know I may not always look at but I'm uh, that kind of person actually where um I think exercise is really important to uh good mental performance for me and cycling uh, gives me that. So what are your favorite cycling activities in Metro Manila? San ka madalas pumupunta? Actually sometimes you know I think the ultra uphill it's uh it's one of those um uh, so basically the ultra uphill is this part in uh, Pasig that where you come down from uh Uh, from like Lanusa Avenue coming from C5, and you go up the steeper slope going towards Capital Commons. And it's a great training ride, actually. Uh, it's a loop that uh, you can do while um, it's a loop that you can do while um, while you're um, going around the city. It's uh, not bad at all. Sometimes after work, I like to you know take urban loops going all the way to uh, QC and different parts of Manila. And um, uh, I think at night also. It's uh, at night. It's also pretty fun. I don't get to do Uh, so much urban riding at night, uh, but usually in that part, uh, late afternoon is my favorite time to ride. Uh, I think I, I think sometimes actually, parang when you come from work in Pasig, it's actually not so ba- not so hard on a bike to make it all the way to uh, to, to even uh, parts of Manila like Malate and Quiapo, uh, and then like come back uh, through the other side, uh, coming back through uh, Quezon City, uh, and then coming back to Pasig. It makes a nice uh, little loop that anyone can do really, and that's uh, I think when you do that, it really. Uh, reminds you that the city is uh, very bikeable. Okay, so mas madami nagbabike ngayon and sobrang saya ko whenever I see so many cyclists on the road, even on social media, lalo na kapag nakakasabay ko sila sa intersection. Actually, I feel safe kapag sobrang dami namin. Sabi nga nila, di ba, parang there's safety in numbers. How was it before? Ano yung observations mo pre-pandemic? Sino yung mga madalas mong kasama? Ah, uh, before the pandemic actually. Ah, uh, may makikita ka talagang mga bike commuters. Eh. I think a lot of them, uh, I think traditionally the diba, view of many people was that uh, bike commuters are traditionally uh, laborers or yung mga uh, tao na parang who do it kasi wala silang budget to take public transportation or something or nanggaling sa malayo. And you know to an extent of course that's true. Na marami talagang Uh, uh, people who are uh, working blue-collar jobs like construction workers now or security guards especially yung mga uh, madalas mong makikitang nagbabike but then there of course I think it was already picking up where you see professionals from other uh, offices uh, also getting into cycling but it's still a rare sight eh? parang I think it was still uh, one of those things where uh, I think you generally would not be uh, taken seriously by many offices or many building managers kung sabihin mo na uh, gusto mong magbike to work and I think this still reflects unfortunately dun sa perception ng mga building managers na parang ayaw nila mag-provide ng bike rack, ganun. But, uh, you know, I, I think there were, of course, I mean, back then it was really like the can of the, you know, I think you had to be like very brave and a little unconventional to consider it for in terms of like everyday cycling. Siyempre, parang andun yung mga sports cyclists, mga, yung mga, yung mga favorite natin, yung mga biker din ako, di ba? Um, those sorts of people. <laughs> But, uh, oh, oh, yeah. But um, I, I think maybe um, it, it's really changed in a lot of ways. Oh, and by the way, I have to say, um, it was still very male-dominated back then. Eh. Parang rare ka talaga makakita ng babaeng bike commuter. Meron naman, pero I think it was much rarer back then before the pandemic. I think it's uh, in contrast to now. Um, after the pandemic, syempre, for all the reasons for all the reasons uh, we talked about earlier, mas dumadami yung mga cyclists. One thing you observe is that there's like a nice youthful energy to it. I think there's like a, there's an aspect of like um, coolness 
uh, when it comes to cycling and cycling around the city that you see, you know, it's a very like, you know, cool 20 something, you know, I'm going to try this, uh, try something new in the world kind of energy. And I think that's really fun to see. And I think that energy, I think um, it wasn't something uh, that was really becoming seen as a cool hobby before yeah. but i think now i think now that is and i think it's a, a really con- really nice thing to see and people saw during this pandemic that cycling in metro manila is actually fun biking to work is fun and it's not really that difficult na iisipin nila na mahirap pawisan and now we have better bike infrastructure before kasi parang it's rare to see a bike lane on the road eh kasi mga motorista parang foreign yung concept sa kanila na may nagtatraverse na bisikleta sa kalsada. So maybe kaya hindi sila ganun ka-careful before. Was it difficult back then when we don't have this kind of experience in traffic? Oh, I, I, I think back then kasi yung mga, yung mga motorista noon, I think uh, before, I think cycling, uh, not only did not many people do it, um, there wasn't as much of a broader conversation in our media and culture about cycling. And I think now maybe uh, many more uh, road users in the Philippines know someone who cycles, uh, at least recreationally, if not someone who cycles to work. Um, you know, it's hard to say that there's been a big overall shift in terms of yung behavior ng uh, motorists and road users towards cyclists. But I think you're starting to uh, see it little by little. I, I, I think maybe uh, sometimes this might lead to uh, certain tensions. I think, siyempre, you see this in many parts of the world where Every time there's talk about um, uh, making policy better for cyclists, I think there's always some opposition. Na, uh, ba- parang uh, masyadong, masyadong nating pinapabor yung mga cyclists. Ganun. Uh, and I think, it's, uh, uh, I-, I think maybe sometimes it's not always like, productive to say that we're, uh, that we're tilting the balance uh, too much in favor, of, um, in favor of cyclists. Because, of course, I think uh, uh, the objective has to, be diff- has to be different when you're trying to do good transportation policy. I, I think attitudes are uh, starting to change uh, little by little, but we still have to uh, put some work in to get to a culture where we uh, where we treat people, you know, we treat everybody well on the road. And I think maybe uh, that's kind of where we have to th- we have to talk about how uh, our laws and our infrastructure can also help create that culture. I really believe that it's possible to have fun and at the same time push for the developments of this bike infrastructure to make things easier for cycling. Ikaw, how do you do it? Have fun and at the same time advocate. Kasi it can be very toxic and people will just say, oh, magbike ka na lang, kaya mo naman yan eh. Diba? Kasi in social media, ang daming negative comments. I want to know, how do you do it? Parang have fun and at the same time advocate? Well, I, I think the, the key naman to cycling is that the, the number one thing I always tell people is that, you know, if, if you're going to bike, you have to have fun. I think it's, uh, I think it's impossible not to have fun when it comes to cycling you have to enjoy it you have to enjoy the lifestyle you have to enjoy riding a bike uh, in order to be a good advocate i think and i think all the all, i think all the advocates uh that we work with uh in the philippines are are, are like this i think uh you know i think uh, it's a, definitely a space where you know it's impossible not to have fun when you're on a bike uh, no matter what you're doing whether you're commuting or riding for strictly uh recreation just trying to uh just trying to put on the miles whether you're trying to go far or go fast it's impossible not to have fun so I think maybe the the logical extension man, of um when you talk about uh you know a hobby that's so fun of course you know the the job we're trying to make it better for people and make more people get into cycling of course it's going to be fun and I actually find uh, there's a lot of fun in my job of course there's a lot of frustration because uh you're trying to, you're trying to change culture uh, like I said um you you make a lot of people 
uh, unhappy. I think there's some people who are you know not happy to see the status quo being changed. Often these are the people who are very comfortable with the way the road is allocated now. They don't want to see anything change or they're not happy with the way you're changing things. Uh, and sometimes that's frustrating. Of course, any job, the man, you have some days where it's so bad that you want to quit and do something else. Even in this job, there are days like that. But, you know, on the whole, I think I'm, you know, I consider myself very lucky to be able to do this kind of work. And I wish more people would uh, try to do this also. When I started my cycling advocacy, parang feeling ko natural lang siyang nangyari. When I started meeting friends, yung na-feel ko yung kailangan kong assert yung space ko. And then I became friends with you and other cycling advocates. But for others who want to go into the advocacy, is it hard to advocate cycling? Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's hard naman to become a cycling advocate. You know, I think maybe the uh, the number one thing you have to be when you're an advocate is that you. Uh, I think you just have to have a desire to to make things better for people and to make the world a better place for people that get into cycling. So I think maybe the good thing for many people who want to be advocates now is that there's many places to many places to start and many groups to work with. A lot of the groups that are into cycling right now are members of this group called the Move Us One Coalition. They're a um, large multi-sectoral group that focuses on uh, making transportation better in the Philippines. They're composed of many different Many other different advocacy groups, but one of their objectives really is to make better cycling policy by working with the Philippine government and other groups. So I think Move Us One Coalition, they're definitely one of the first groups you should look for when it comes to advocating cycling and starting this kind of work. Also, if you're a transport professional that wants to get interested in the more technical side of advocacy, Alt Mobility PH is a uh, group of transport advocates and transport professionals. That The work there uh, is a little more technical part of the advocacy. And I think um, that's also very interesting for people that are like engineers, architects, planners, or even someone who's just very interested. If you want to get more involved in uh, some of the policy proposals that get a little more technical. Yeah, that's very interesting. And this group is very friendly with newcomers, right? Yeah, of course. I think it's a. I, I think the thing is, when you're a cyclist, naman, the most important thing is that you know. I, I think all advocates, naman, are really happy to uh, to be working with other people and to learn that there are more people who believe in the same things. So yeah. I, I think the more people that are tr- uh, trying to advocate, the more people who want to join this movement, the better. I personally was not really into the technical stuff before, like bike lanes and policies. Yung di ko walang alam idea at all about it. It's really a learning process, and I get to be educated as time goes. Until now, ito yung tanong ng madame, is there a right or wrong kind of advocating cycling? Kasi madaming rules, di ba? Like traffic rules, kasi madaming preconceived notions na, oh, dapat naka-helmet ka, dapat sa bike lane ka lang, dapat di ka nagbibit ng red light, dapat di ka ganun kabilis. Is there a right or wrong thinking when you're advocating? Siyempre naman with advocacy, I think, na, I think of course, when you're talking about advocacy, the, you know, you have, to, you have to advocate for things you believe in. So I think number one, kung advocate ka, you have to believe in what you're uh, fighting for and what you're, trying to, what you're trying to change. It's impossible naman to be able to go to the government or go to a transport planner working for the government and, uh, you know, fight for something you don't believe in. Parang hindi naman yun maganda. Uh, I think maybe another general rule for advocates is that you have to approach your advocacy with empathy. I think this is something where uh, that's uh, propped up uh, cycling move. I think that's uh, where that's tripped up some cycling movements in the past. I think in the in the past there were some people some people who advocated for a type of cycling called I believe it's called vehicular cycling, where uh, the style of advocacy they were trying to advocate was um, 
for um for cyclists to uh, to cycle very fast and to um basically behave like a car when you're on the road. Uh, that's some um, good points to this kind of advocacy. But I think in general, the effect uh, of that kind of advocacy has been to shut out a race and uh, invalidate the experience of many cyclists, like PWD cyclists or uh, non-athletic, um, less athletic cyclists who uh, just cannot cycle in that manner. And I think maybe if there was more empathy in that movement, maybe they would not have advocated those things. So I think this is good now because uh, many advocates now are approaching the advocacy with a lot more empathy. Uh, by trying to bring in more PWDs, people of different genders, people of different economic situations, and uh, making sure that their voices are heard and that their importance in the cycling community and advocacy is also recognized. So, unang una parang I think you have to believe what you're fighting for, and I think second, dapat talaga may empathy when you're going to be an advocate. I really like what you said about empathy because other people are unaware that some of these Filipinos who ride the bike, alam mo, they really don't know how traffic works. Eh. How do they turn right? How do they turn left? Especially when they're faced with signs and lights on the road. Because, I don't know, maybe because they are not educated about it. They don't have driver's license. Eh. And then I meet other people who really can't afford helmets or even bike lights. So I think empathy really works best when you're advocating cycling. I think that's uh, it, it's really important. I think another example actually is that uh, I get to talk to a lot of cyclists. I think also a lot of advocates also who are um, very quick to uh, to speak out against cyclists who are counterflowing. I think there are many advocates who think it's a uh, you know who believe it's very important to loudly say that cyclists should follow all the road rules and you nga parang behave like a car. It's a legacy of vehicular cycling, but. The example I like to bring up is yung counterflowing because uh, I think for many urban cyclists in the Philippines, syempre parang when you see them counterflowing on the side of the sidewalk, uh, if you're coming down the quote-unquote right way of the road, it can be very disorienting for a cyclist or a motor vehicle user coming down that way. But I think maybe if you approach the situation with empathy, a lot of the times you'll see that whenever you see a counterflowing cyclist, it's always a case where it's very hard for them to make a U-turn or a left turn to get to the other direction. And then if you examine the rest of the road uh, along where they're counterflowing, oftentimes you'll see the place where you have to make a U-turn. Is sometimes, you know, it's very, sometimes it's very difficult to make. Sometimes you have to cycle very fast and swerve across multiple lanes of traffic. And then oftentimes it's less safe for them to do that than to just counterflow, right? And uh, yeah. maybe the real solution isn't to, uh, isn't to judge them for, for counterflowing, but to provide a better design at the intersection or to lower the speed limit so that it's easier for them to switch lanes. To be honest, dati, I find it kind of difficult to accept people counterflowing, especially bicycles. Pero wala eh. Parang I realized eventually na they're doing it because it's inconvenient and it's the safest for them. So, kamusta yung Metro Manila in terms of biking for you right now? We've seen many bike lanes. Some of it are really protected. Do you think it's better or it needs to be improved pa? I think it's better, but I think there's also a lot of things that have to be improved. When it comes to cycling is that we've made a big shift. I think we've made good starts with the infrastructure, but then we still haven't, uh, I think, gotten to a standard that really makes the infrastructure applicable and uh, usable for all ages and abilities of cyclists. So uh, I think we really have to uh, do better here. And I think, uh, unfortunately, uh, in some cities, there's um, there are moves to actually reverse the um, the installation of protected bike lanes, and I think it's very important. Especially, you know, right now we're recording this; the elections are coming up, 
uh, it's important for people to know we should uh, demand that our leaders that we're going to elect have uh, good platforms regarding cycling and that they're going to protect, advance, and make the cycling infrastructure even better for everybody. We really have to keep moving forward when it comes to making cycling better. Yeah, and at the same time, I think there are many other factors aside from road infrastructure for bicycles. It's not just the bike lanes, I think, but also about safety, parking. For a lot of this infrastructure, like the park, like uh, safe parking, I think, for instance, is really important and very underrated. And I think we still have to do a lot better in that regard. Voting out that we're, um, we can see bike lanes on some of our major roads, but I think having good bike parking is the real next step. I think it's important for requirements for bike parking to be discussed and maybe even mandated nationally just to make sure that uh, all buildings everywhere in the Philippines will become bikeable. Because I think that's how you build the number of bikers. And, you know, when there are more bikers on the road, it's safer for everybody who's cycling and safer for other road users as well. Because if you can get these people out of cars, then uh, that reduces the chance of uh, car crashes on the road. It's really important din kasi to talk about when you're trying to promote cycling. But it's not just bike lanes. It's things like bike parking. Uh, it's things like making uh, financing of uh, bicycles more available to people so that they can buy high-quality bicycles that they can use every day. It's also about promoting uh, things like e-bike regulations that help promote the technology instead of restrict it so that people can people who aren't as able as the most, as the most uh, elite athletes can also buy a bicycle uh, that will help them commute. So aside from better bike parking, better bike lanes, better roads, I think sana mas madaming puno. Kasi minsan talaga mainit eh. And yun, I also wish na sana respetuhin tayo ng mga motorista. I-observe lang yung speed limit. Kasi parang hindi siya ganong na-observe, I, I think. Ikaw, do you have other wish? Yeah, I think maybe having more bike lanes, more bike parking is good. It would be really good to have the government focus a lot more on road safety. I think it's so terrible when people die in a car crash or when people are seriously injured in car crashes or motorcycle crashes because no one wants that to happen. But then uh, if your policy is not focused on reducing road crash, road crash deaths and road crash, crash injuries, they will just keep happening. So it's really important to be able to have a policy where your goal is to bring your road crash deaths and your road crash injuries all the way down to zero. And this is possible. It's uh, something called Vision Zero. It's really about uh, making sure your street design, uh, you design the streets in a safe manner, and you also enforce uh, speed limits. It's not uh, impossible to do this. You already have automated uh, speed limit regulation using speed cameras in other countries. Uh, the, the, the technology is mature. It's, read, it's readily available. And I think if we start applying it here, it will be better for everybody, including cyclists. Because the number one fear people have when cycling is getting injured or killed in a car crash or a motor vehicle crash. So I think if you can make it safer, that will really help promote cycling. Bicycles are very much visible. And there are bike lanes, some of it permanent. As we move forward and as the pandemic progress, cars try to go back on the roads as well. Sabi ng iba, hanggang pandemic lang daw yung biking and everything will go back to the pre-pandemic traffic. What do you think about this? I think it's an way. Um, it's kind of sad to hear people say that because the you know returning to the pre-pandemic situation, I think it's not it's not something anyone should really want. And I think it's not something people want. And it's also something that we shouldn't treat as inevitable because we can see that uh, at least as far as cycling, the pandemic, you know, good things happen during the pandemic. We, should be, uh, we shouldn't just uh, reverse that to go 
back to what it was before. But I think we should find ways to keep that into uh, keep encouraging the growth of cycling going forward. And we've seen this in other cities. I think in cities in Europe and cities elsewhere in Asia, they really kept promoting cycling even after, uh, even during and even after they had the worst COVID-19 surges. And I think we should be that. We should have a similar attitude here where we're trying to uh, keep promoting cycling uh, even beyond the pandemic. Yeah, oh nga eh. Like what you said earlier, ang hirap bumalik sa dati and we have to keep moving forward. Ako naniniwala ako na we have to keep on making ourselves visible on the road. Karampagin yung mga people in power. And at the same time, it's very crucial na we're electing new officials. Na sana yung mga taong susunod ay yung mga tao na who can maintain it. Do you think it's tricky or hard to go pushing cycling infrastructure here in the Philippines? I don't necessarily think it's hard. I think it's uh, I, I think even when you're in government, it's important that you feel strongly about what you want to see in the field. So if you're someone who's a transport planner, especially if you're someone who enters this field, how can you not want a better place for uh, for cycling, for public transportation, for pedestrians and PWDs, right? So I, I think for me, it's not necessarily hard. Of course, there's some there's some aspects of, of advocacy that you can't uh, do directly. But I think when you're in government doing this kind of work, it's important to to have like good cooperation with civil society, uh, where you're always, uh, you know, you're working, you're working in conjunction in conjunction with the private sector uh, and with civil society uh, to keep making changes and keep pushing things forward, and uh, to be able to find places where you can cooperate to change the not just the physical landscape but also the cult- the cultural and political landscape as well. I think okay. this part is, uh, yeah, I think there's some it's, it's something that that government officials I think have learned in my job. You have to learn how to do in order to be effective. Parang when you're doing this kind of job, you can't just be a pencil pusher. You can't just be mindlessly applying things. You have to really, I think, be smart about where you can change things and you know work on uh, the thing. You know, work harder on the, on the things that you still have to change. Part of the job, which isn't always easy, but I think it's still really important. Cycling during this pandemic and seeing these developments, have you realized something about yourself or your city? Huh? I don't know. I think maybe. Yeah, I, I would say that during the pandemic, I think I really in, discovered another level of uh, how much I loved cycling, where uh, I think besides just doing it for commuting, I just started to really enjoy like going on long rides or just going on long city rides with uh, no particular objectives in mind. I think yeah. I discovered that. I, I think it's still an ongoing discovery in Pasig City that there's so much uh, potential to bring new people into cycling and to bring more people into this kind of life, lifestyle and into this kind of uh, transportation you know, which I really enjoy. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm really looking forward to another level, you know, as we keep doing this work. So it's it's been really nice. I think uh, yung, the cool thing about cycling in the Philippines is that parang malayo pa tayo dun sa full potential niya. And I think, uh, you know, I, I really always say this, that uh, Pasig is already a cycling city and Metro Manila is also a big cycling metropolis. And I think we can uh, bring it even further. I think we can really become one of the best cycling cities in the world. I want to share... Na I rode with Anton one time going to Silang and Cavite. It's a 150-kilometer trip for me. And then, there was a point, so lima kami, and there was a point na sobrang pagod na kaming abat, pero nakita namin si Anton na parang swabe lang siyang umaahon eh. Nag-uphill siya, tas mabilis pa din siya. Parang di siya napapagod. So what's your cycling plan or next bike destination? Oh gosh, I think maybe um, in the future, you know, since I started to learn enjoying cycling too much, I think in the future I'd really like to do an Audax event. Wow. Uh, Audax is the style of cycling where you cycle, I think, 200 kilometers in 13 hours. You really have to do a lot of cycling. And I think other people who've done the Audax also tell me that 
the number one important thing when you do that is you know you can't do it unless you really enjoy cycling so i think the key is to enjoy cycling so much that it won't make you tired when you're doing it but of course there's also uh, important things like that like technique that you have to consider but i think the number one key really is to enjoy it and uh, enjoy it so much that uh, training for it is not difficult well odds is pretty tough pero i think kaya kaya mo yan <laughs> yeah one day one day Anton, conversations with you are always great. Ang dami ko na namang natutunan and I'm pretty sure na madami ring natutunan yung mga nakikinig sa atin ngayon. Maraming maraming salamat for your time today. It's just really fun to ride the bike and it would be awesome if we push our cities to be better. Sana tuloy-tuloy ito. And that is it for today. Thank you very much for listening. This is Lester Babiera and I hope to see you in the next Stand Bike Session. Music